And it just depends on what's really going on in my own mind. What am I trying to accomplish at the time? And where do I want to go? Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, America's number one small business expert, and I'd like to welcome you to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. The Small Biz Chef Podcast is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable business advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. The goal of the Small Biz Chat Podcast is to give our small business audience the opportunity to hear sage advice from multiple angles so that you can take your business to the next level. All right, it is time for me to introduce my guest. Her name is Sheila Brown, and she's going to talk to all of us how we can achieve ultimate physical health. She is on a mission to change common thinking around soul food and encourage people to embrace the vegan lifestyle. If only she could get me to give up bacon. Anyway, she's a healthy eating coach who helps her clients with their weight loss struggles and triumphs. And she confronted her own issues with food and spirituality that forced her to address anxiety and issues she had in her own life. She speaks with women and helps them to identify and address their own anxieties and issues connected with food and their bodies. And she's also the author of Something Raw, Sometimes Cooked, Always divinely prepared 21 vegan dishes to inspire daughters of the most high to eat healthy. All right, Sheila, how are you? Thank you so much for being here on the Small Biz Chef podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you. I am so delighted to be here with you. All right, so tell me, how did you what how did you get into the health and wellness business? What sparked your interest? You know, it was something that occurred naturally. I am not the likely kind of person to find myself being what I call a divine life strategist and a divine health coach. I am an attorney uh, by trade. I've done strategic planning for behavioral health organizations. I managed bookstore before that. But one of the things that kept reoccurring in my life that I always kind of now looking back associated with a tremendous amount of stress that I was experiencing in my life, um, just trying to figure out business, trying to figure out my next move, trying to figure out parenting and balance it all was that I never put my health 
at the forefront. It just wasn't even an issue for me. I had no cognitive uh, relationship between myself and the food that I was eating. Everything was just go, 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 go. And food, weight, those were things that were on the back burner for me. And I think the younger I was, it was okay to get away with it. Um, I kind of just in the course of moving through life was able to keep my energy up. But as I got older and hit my late 30s, my early 40s, and things started to become more intense with my um, body, I started to realize that, wait a minute, not only am I over 300 pounds, I just wasn't even aware of it because I was always told and felt attractive in my clothing. And I just didn't need to pay much attention to it. But I was also feeling symptoms that no longer could be ignored. I felt like I was having heart palpitations. I was having these symptoms like a nagging pain shoulder. And cumulatively, they were becoming so problematic for me that I just couldn't ignore it anymore. And I ended up reaching out to someone for help. And before experiencing that, I realized that, you know what, looking back at things, I was actually on the verge of a heart attack. Um, a lot of times women have the symptoms of a heart attack um, and it appears in their shoulder or in their arm. Um, I think it's particularly their left arm. I was having this nagging sensation. And then I was always sweating profusely. Even if I just got up to go to the restroom, I had an extremely sedentary lifestyle. And then one day something happened. I came to the conclusion that, you know what, this isn't just about looking good in clothes or not looking good in clothes anymore. This is actually affecting my heart my knees, my, you know, my arteries, everything was screaming at me to pay attention to this important part of life. It was the key to life itself. And it had a lot to do with my unhealthy relationship with food. So uh, fast forward to 2016, I'm at this point of no return. And I come across a documentary called Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. And I see this guy who's over 300 pounds like me, um, and he goes through the 60-day juice fast. And at the end of that 60 days, he comes off with 90 pounds. And I said to myself, oh, my God, is that all you have to do to lose 90 pounds? Like, I can do that. So um, fortunately, I had already had invested in a juicer. I had talked with a health consultant who made me aware that I actually had some food allergies. And um, I did a 60-day juice fast. I started it on March 21st or 22nd of 2016. And 60 days later, I was 57 pounds lighter, 10 or 12 uh, dress sizes down. And I felt like a whole new human being again. It just completely changed the way I did. Now, the 60 days, I didn't realize it, but I had actually been vegan for 60 days. And so the foods that I was juicing, which were pretty much just green foods, I began to eat them. I ate them raw and I ate them cooked. That's the name of my cookbook, sometimes raw, sometimes cooked, always divinely prepared. Now, the divinely prepared piece comes in because there was a strong connection between my sense of purpose, what I call divine purpose, and my sense of spirituality that I started to not only associate with food, but with weight and everything else that I was doing. So um, I had realized that 
with all of the weight, not only did my energy come down, but my motivation came down. I did not have the desire to confront and tackle life's challenges. I didn't have the desire to express creativity. And I was just functioning in this kind of fog that allowed me to just get up and go to work, come home, stuff myself over the weekend and just fall asleep into this kind of like coma until Monday again, where I dreaded the entire experience. And so my decision to do something about it was first a huge challenge because of that first weekend of my juice fast where I had to come, uh, what they call it in the Black community, a come to Jesus experience (laughs) where I really, really had to confront the fact that I was either going to come fail completely at life and die, or I was going to overcome this unhealthy relationship I had with food. And it was the weekend for me that made all the difference because everything got silent over the weekend. During the week, the juicing was great. I was moving around, working, going from one job to the next, you know, making moves, making phone calls. I didn't notice that I wasn't eating like usual, but the weekend came and with the weekend came loneliness silence and the realization that I was embarking on something I had never attempted to do before. And over the weekend, what I would normally do would just stuff myself, watch a movie, get in the bed and not really come out until it was time to get my next scoop of food. And I was kind of living this existence and not even realizing it. But when I went to do my normal habit, um, which didn't involve a lot of creativity or movement for me, I instantly realized that, wait a minute, I've got a problem. If I think I'm going to get through this night without being able to have popcorn and ice cream and yogurt and soda, and I had a nervous breakdown that night. Um, If anyone had witnessed it, it probably would have looked like to an outsider that I was having um, out-of-body experience with a demonic spirit. I mean, it was just really, really bad for me. It was shaking. It was crying. It was this loneliness that I realized I never had to confront before because I could popcorn it away with with a sound of popcorn, with a crunch of popcorn was like a conversation that I didn't have to have in my head. Um, I had, you know, the kiss of a yogurt to romanticize me into almost a sexual experience with chocolate that could compensate for anything that smooth kiss with yogurt or ice cream couldn't compensate. And I had the savoriness of spicy foods. And then I realized that I created a habit out of cooking, but it really wasn't a desire to be cooking. It was a desire or a, a need to constantly be finding ways to justify the eating that I was doing. And so when I did that weekend through the juice fast, the only thing that allowed me to succeed was my me drawing on my strategic planning experience and being able to visualize myself achieving the outcome right? Which is something that I used to do with my clients and, and realizing that weight, Sheila, remember that 90 pounds, that's on the other side of this and just talking myself through that. But it was like, you know, how you have that um, sense that there's a demon on one side and a God on the other side. It was a pool and I was in a fight for my life. And out of it, I realized I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the only one dealing with loneliness at a spiritual Um, mental, financial, economic, political, and social levels. 
And so I began to find other women who were situated much like me, which was a lot of women that I found from the African-American experience, but women from a, a wide a range of experiences were going through something similar. And so out of those things, I started paying attention and collecting data about my own experiencing, codifying it and analyzing those experiencing experiences. And then I actually created a course about how to overcome emotional eating and how to switch to a vegan diet and how to, you know, incorporate more vegetables and fruit in your diet, even if being vegan isn't the desired outcome that you have. So it was really drawing on my own personal experiences with spirituality, with strategic planning, and with my desire to live beyond where I was and do better. And out of it, there came that sense of divine purpose. Like, wait a minute, now that I've got all this energy, I've got to do something with it again. And, you know, my first book came out of it, Divinity Soup, which is where I wanted to incorporate a more soulful experience with my food. It was okay initially to just, you know, steam some vegetables and juice. But then there was this, my grandma's soul food, you know, kitchen experience that I was missing out on. And so I took what I knew about health and nutrition at that point and combined it with some things that I had learned about how to make my food savory, how to replace the pork with the smoky essence using um, natural ingredients and herbs and spices and all these other little tricks. And so I took all of those things that I learned combine them into my first free ebook, which I call Divinity Soup and Ancestor-Inspired Recipes um, starring Collard Greens, which is a staple in the Black community, Collard Greens. And I just, you know, went on from there and started talking with people, getting radio communications with people, and people were just interested in my story. And I just eventually wrote a year later my first book, which was Sometimes Raw, Sometimes Cooked, Always Divinely Prepared, which was basically allowing me to show people what I did on a daily basis with my food, with recipes, to take my 300-pound body down um, 135 pounds, and then finally figure out what was the right weight, because there were so many things that had changed about my body over that uh, I guess, 18 year period where I gained so much weight, things had changed, my bone structure had changed. And so what I thought was my desired weight was no longer suitable for me. So I found my, my happy weight, my more um, suitable weight for my body. And then I just said, okay, well, how do I maintain that with foods? And so I wrote that book to show the recipes that sustain me, that keep me going. And they're gluten-free, they're vegan, but they're delicious. And so um, some of them are keto friendly, like I have an amazing keto friendly bread. I have some chocolate chip cookies. I have a whole bunch of great things. So that's kind of the journey for me of how things got started. And it's been such a journey from there. So it's more spiritual and mental for me, but it's, it's just a great and joyous experience when I do find people who want to know what I did and how they can start the journey um, to what I call divine health as well. Wow, you have really given me so much. There's so many questions I wanted to ask you and you hit like <laughs> everything. But so I do want to ask you though about how you maintain it and what do you do with people like me that are like addicted to bacon? Um, <laughs> you know, what I wanted to ask you about was 
what about the dieting? Like, are you, do you believe in keto? Like, is that okay? Or, you know, or are you really, or are you really just kind of like, no, everybody just needs to eat healthy. You know, the diet thing just like kind of doesn't work. Or is it really just about, you really have to change your whole lifestyle? You know, that's a loaded question. And I have like three different approaches to that question that I would love to take in this segment, but we don't have time for it. But what I will say is that all diets work, really, they all do, but they don't work well for everybody, right? So in my journey, I've done some keto, and then I've done some intermittent fasting, and then I've done some, well, I'm always doing vegan, but, um, you know, I've done different things and variations of different things. And it just depends on what's really going on in my own mind. What am I trying to accomplish at the time? And where do I want to go? So for example, keto is great, but it's not a long-term solution. It's something that you can do for a period of time. Patience is a virtue, but it is not a finite virtue, meaning it's not, it's a finite virtue. It's not something that you can do infinitely. Um, So you can do raw foods for a period. You can do cooked foods for a period, but you can't do everything 100% for the rest of your time. So the key is what are you trying to accomplish and what um, combination of tools, because all of these are tools. Veganism is a tool. Like I know people that they go in and out between vegan and vegetarian and a combination of Mediterranean. It just depends. You want to keep it interesting. Um, You want to be consistent with your values. So a person who, you know, has a a moral out position against eating animals. That's kind of like what I call a spiritual disposition. So theirs is going to be a little bit more narrow than someone who still doesn't mind eating eggs, but wants to dabble in and out of it. So it's some combination of things. And what I tend to do is keep people on a cycle where you keep things fresh. So I do uh, what I call a three-day reboot with Divinity Soup. So every 30 days, I get women to take the first three days. I say women, but it could be men and women. I usually, my clients tend to be women. But um, every first three days, I tell my clients to do something very simple. Detoxify your body, refresh your taste buds, and find a way to reacclimate yourself to your goals. And what people tend to do is say at the beginning of the year, I'm going to lose 100 pounds and I'm going to keep it off. And then by the end of January, they've completely forgotten everything that they said, right? So I think the solution to that is is to work on a cyclical basis in short term. So if you decided to do it quarterly and reassess your goals or even monthly, which I have found during the pandemic to be more conducive for me is, okay, every 30 days, I'm going to reset my taste buds. I'm going to do what I I call something called um, reestablish food humility, Um, which is basically something that happens when people get food arrogance. So my solution to food arrogance is food humility. And doing my cycle every 30 days allows me to get back to that place where um, I don't need to have Italian today, um, Chinese tomorrow, Ethiopian on the next day, right? It really, there's food in my refrigerator or food in your refrigerator that could satisfy your needs, but you become so arrogant about food that you think that you have to have so much variety. And so doing that 12 month 
cycle of eating and reassessing your goals and your health goals and realigning your taste buds allows you to come right back to your center and say, I'm so blessed to have this food. I'm going to eat what I have in my refrigerator. So yes, veganism, intermittent fasting, you know, whatever your goal is, there's some ways that you can work around it as long as they're realistic, they're short-term and they're, you have a way of assessing the success of it. And that's really just about collecting data. And I think doing that every 30 days is a great way to do it. So I'm not opposed to diets, but I think I'd like to call it a lifestyle assessment as opposed to a diet. I just think that the term diet is kind of a negative connotation. If you think about what it is you're trying to accomplish with food, with your body, and how does that align with you fulfilling your purpose in life, then everything else seems to fall in line. And that's more of a lifestyle than it is a diet. All right. How can people get in touch with you if they want to get more information about your uh, vegan transformation? My website is SheilaBrownSpeaks.com. I am on Instagram and Facebook, but I lean more heavily towards Instagram. So that's the quickest way to reach me. And my handle is at SheilaBrownSpeaks. And that's S-H-E-I-L-A Brown Speaks. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You've given me so much information. My head is spinning about this, but I want to read your book and, and, and learn even more about this because all of us busy business owners can do better with our food. I'm pretty sure all of us can, can do more. All right, Sheila, what's your favorite podcast? Well, I love your podcast. Um, and aside from yours, I love Uriel's podcast. She is a great show for um, spiritual entrepreneurs. Awesome. Awesome. I've heard of her podcast too. I, I like her podcast. Uh, Sheila, what's your favorite app? I also Calendly to help you schedule your appointments and things like that. It's pretty cool. It's a good one. That's a good one. What is your favorite old school marketing tip? I don't know how popular it is, but I guess it's kind of like do what you can and allow the chips to fall where they may. Okay. I don't know who's responsible for saying that. <laughs> We'll go with it. I'll take it. We'll just say the anonymous. How about that? All right. <laughs> All right, Sheila, what's your favorite business book? This is going to sound weird because I'm always referencing this as an attorney, but it's called The Complete Executor's Guide. And it's just like a lawyer kind of thing, <laughs> like for helping people with your estate planning and stuff. I'm always referring to that book. Listen, I'm not mad. Whatever works. My favorite business book is one I read uh, two years ago in the middle of the pandemic. Disrupt You by Jay Samet is, is one of my very favorite books. I have many, but that's one of mine that, I, that I'm super referring to people right now. Listen, thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. If you're still working on your digital pivot, be sure to grab my new book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, Revise and Expand It. I've got all of the great stuff in there that you need, like how to sell on Amazon, how to buy ads, and how to develop a sales process. You can get your copy today. Head over to becomeyourownbossbook.com. And I've got some amazing bonuses over there. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, your host. Until next time, remember this, you never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.